0: And we have a special guest for you today, Robbie Thomas. And a little bit about Robbie, he has served as an executive in the commercial banking industry for more than two decades, and his most recent role was that of officer at One United Bank, the nation's largest African-American-owned bank. And since then, he has earned a certification in commercial real estate from Cornell University and is more engaged in the commercial real estate space as a partner and asset manager at Camino Verde, a Las Vegas-based real estate development and asset management company, so I'm really excited to have this conversation with you, Robbie, and thank you so much for joining us on the show today.
1: Thanks for having me, and I appreciate the opportunity.
0: So Robbie, if we want to start off by sharing a little bit more about your background and how you got started in real estate.
1: So thanks again. Um, so my background basically is primarily and predominantly in the banking space, the banking, commercial banking started way back when, I'm not going to tell you the year, <laughs> but it was a long time ago. Nonetheless, it was a great place for me to really meet a lot of people in the business community. And a lot of those business people were doing development, real estate development, people that were building, people that actually owned uh, real estate. And so that attracted um, uh, my attention. And so I began to learn a little bit more. It took a while before that I took the initial steps of purchasing my first property and uh, getting into being a landlord, which is kind of the first step you take. You know, you want to own property and kind of understand how that process works. So I also spent some time as a loan officer and uh, as an adjunct professor in management. So, But I really wanted to exit my role at the bank. Eventually, I wanted to do my own thing. And when I looked at all the various opportunities available, real estate really stood out. And so asset management, you know, I was kind of involved in that uh, space already as a banker and as a person that managed money in the in the bank. And so asset management was kind of a natural progression. So I obviously took the step of becoming a landlord and failed miserably.
0: <laughs> we got to go into I that story a little I bit. Did,
1: I did everything wrong, you know, trusted people and, and instead of vetting them and so forth and so on. I really... Had a bad experience as a initial owner of rental property, was and it's it Was yeah. it
0: a single family or it was a,
1: it was a duplex? It was a two a two unit building uh, that I you know obviously was living in initially, but then I moved out and just began to use that as sort of the the rental income opportunity. And I failed miserably. I got so disappointed. I basically boarded up. The house and just forgot about it for maybe two years or so. I just walked away from it until I really wrapped my brain around how it should be done. And the first thing I did is contacted a professional management company. And so, if it's something that I would strongly advise anyone getting into the management, uh, the real estate management or the real estate acquisition, you're trying to develop a portfolio. Get a professional management company. If, if you're, if that's what you do, that's great. But if you don't have the expertise, get a professional management company. That made the difference in the property becoming uh, an asset that was uh, cash flowing versus a liability that ba- made me want to ball up in a uh, fetal position and cry. So that was really lesson number one: to get professional people to be your partner in the process and learn how to manage the business. I think I didn't necessarily make the disconnect between my personal property and having an asset that was something that was more of a business that needed to be operated as such. And so those were so the, uh, the, the early lessons uh, that I learned in in the, uh, the real estate game.
0: Oh, wow. Thank you for, for sharing all of that, Ravi. So I'd like to ask a little bit more. For that first duplex that you had purchased, Mm -hmm. you said you boarded it up after two years. Why did you decide to board it up and leave it vacant instead of like, you know, selling it or doing something else with the property?
1: I always knew that I needed to own something. So even though I was frustrated, I wasn't willing to part with the property because there's so many ways you can make money with real estate. And one of them is cash flow, obviously, but the other is appreciation. And so, even though the property was not cash flowing, it doesn't mean that it's not appreciating in value. And so, I needed to get myself together in the sense that I could look at the business a little bit differently, in addition to knowing that the property is also going to increase in value. And so, those were the areas that, you know, You may not be strong in, but you still want to make sure you don't make a bad decision. You know, it doesn't mean that I don't want to just cut losses and say, okay, forget about it, because I knew understanding the overall arc of how properties increase in value, that was very important. So I knew I was going to circle back. It was just a matter of time.
0: And after those two years, what was the turning point for you that you decided to hire a professional management company? What was kind of like that light bulb that went off and said, like, let's get back in the game?
1: Money, revenue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, revenue. I was foregoing, you know, I sat down and really understood, wait a minute, then rent started going up. I was saying, wait a minute, you know, this is in, in this properties we're in the Northeast, which is typically a little bit higher in terms of rental income. And so I was foregoing, you know, my opportunity cost was ridiculous. And so it was a matter of, okay, let's get back on track here and get the right people in place to manage the property, you know, take care of whatever the rehab, it would need to be rehabbed at that time. Unfortunately, there was a lot of rehab required. You just don't walk away from property and, you know, it stays in good uh, graces. And we had some vandalism and things of that nature, but either way, it was just a mindset that says, listen, it's time for us to really run the business. Let's make this a business venture. Let's make this what you intended for it to be initially and begin to put that uh, machinery in place to make it work. Now, I actually also lived in another city at that time. So there was a little bit of a disconnect between where I was and then where the property was located because I had moved to another city. Either way, having the right people in place made the management process a lot easier for me and now I can really begin to focus on the business as opposed to what my emotional things, the emotion of uh, being disconnected from uh, the property situation was.
0: And so what were some of the things that you're looking for when you're looking to partner up with a property manager in terms of like their qualifications, their synergies with you, and like how they were going to help you implement your business plan?
1: I'll give you a great example of that. You know, there are times that, you know, you've got property that may have Issues with the city because you're not doing what you need to do because you're just not focused on it. And you might have some compliance issues. When you go to court or you go before a judge, it's not something that you're always used to. When I had the experience of walking into court with the person that I hired for to be in management, they knew the judges, they knew the attorneys on a first name basis. And so That was one of the most amazing things to me. I was like, why was I doing this all this time? Things that took me several months to figure out because this adversarial process, because at that point I was a landlord that was not in town. And so there was this adversarial process between landlord and the city attorneys and what have you. But when they saw that I actually had someone that they knew, it was so much easier to get things done. And that basically did it for me. So understanding the landscape and having someone who understands what you're do what you're dealing with and knowing how to navigate that process, that's worth the money that you're paying. And so those are some of the reasons that you'd want to hire the right people because they understand who the players are in, in the landscape. They know all the nuances. They have the processes in place to, to vet new tenants, to handle anything that pops up, that you may not necessarily have, because it might not, I had a career and some other things that I was doing. So I really didn't have all the time that I needed to do some of the things that they experts are doing.
0: Absolutely. And you know, they say real estate is definitely a relationship industry. And this was the perfect example to show how they built up those relationships and, and what those relationships mean in terms of helping you along with your business, in terms of like renting your property out, getting things through the course and everything like that. So that was a perfect example of
1: that. There's so much of that involved in the real estate business. And to be honest, if you're trying to grow your business and scale, you need a body or you need a team of people that will handle various responsibilities so you can do what you do best. And that's not what I did best.
0: And so from there, after the duplex, you know, now you're in Las Vegas and you're transitioned a little bit more into the real estate development side of things. And you're also doing the asset management. Can you talk about how that transition kind of happened and what got you to this point?
1: Absolutely. And so one of the things that I had always done is to try to understand the real estate market from various perspectives. And so I've always been to trainings. And one of the trainings that came up that was really interesting to me is the multifamily space. I'd always sort of known that that's where I wanted to go. I have a vision board and that was actually on my vision board. And I took this training, a couple of trainings, and um, one of those intensive trainings, we actually met a group of um, people that had the same type of uh, you know outlook, the like-minded ideas about really getting into the multifamily space. and we started having communication and talking and meeting. And I started out as an investor in the first outing when we decided to do something. And so eventually, the second one, I did invest in the third and fourth and the fifth, and I continued to invest. And eventually, as I got closer to the group, we just basically sort of organically formed a, a relationship where I said, you know what, I'd like to get more involved. In the business. And so I had been doing some other nonprofit type thing and in, in consulting around economic empowerment, economic development. Also, in my background, I had a program manager where I was actually dealing with homelessness prevention. And there's really some synergies about affordable housing, trying to make sure that you provide uh, housing that people can afford. At the same time, balance that with the business imperative. That being said, you know, after several rounds of uh, successful acquisitions, really started getting more involved in the business. And so eventually we decide, you know, I'll take on a role of asset manager. And so that is something that I really enjoy because you get the best of so many different worlds. You know, if if you like business, that's a great fit for you. If you like providing housing for individuals, it's a great fit. There's so many different components to it, and you meet so many different people that if this is something that you enjoy doing, this would be the perfect job. So I enjoy driving numbers at the same time, balancing budgets, because <laughs> <laughs> right. you got to make sure that you don't overspend. you got to make sure you control expenses and overseeing. But my expertise is management. And, and so I spent a lot of time teaching uh, management, being a management professional. And so those are the, the strengths that I bring to the asset management of uh, at CVG.
0: Yeah, it's so important to find people that you share the same vision, the same kind of goals as you do. Yes. So that you can all work to solve the same types of problems, you know, and work towards the same goals and accomplish similar types of things. And so for you, you know, it was you started off as a passive investor and then Mm -hmm. you started building up the connection. It wasn't like an overnight type of, hey, let's partner up.
1: No. And so and then the initial stop investing round, the business wasn't big enough and robust enough. And so now we've, uh, you know, really gotten into a unique niche in the market and being able to uh, see ourselves growing. And so there's some other types of things that's coming down the pike that would really make this a formidable entity in this particular region. So all of that is really undergirded with people of high character, really good business people, and really want to make a difference in the, the market. Really, really want to make a difference. And so the partnerships that we have now really look at Municipalities, nonprofits, uh, various people that are trying to do supportive services for vulnerable populations. And so we've got mixed populations that we serve, but we actually want to make sure we don't leave folks that are vulnerable. We don't want to be the cause of any decline in housing for people in this market. And it's a challenge. Let's be real about where we are in, in the city that we're in, and obviously COVID and everything else so many people have been affected by it. And that has impacted us to some extent because we're part of this ecosystem. At the same time, the business model that we use is formidable. And so it's one of the things, right? It's uh, used the term recession proof, but there is quite a bit of uh, insulation from something like a COVID. And so fortunately, we've done well, well enough. And so we're looking to move past it. But at the end of the day, we do have to make sure we keep you know our expenses down and pay attention to what's happening in and around the market.
0: We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Yes. And so it sounded like your the relationship that you had built was created organically over time. When you got to that point, when you decided to want to be more involved actively, can you share a little bit about how that conversation came about?
1: Yeah. So we've always been in touch. And so we always talked about what could be, you know, you have the, the vision conversation, what could be. And a lot of the other conversations were taking place where I would get invited to an affordable housing conversation. This is some, uh, some, some conversation about what developments could actually uh, be a solution for the city or for the county. And so those conversations were more becoming more and more regular, right? And so at the end of the day, we started looking at so skill sets that might actually help develop this idea and continue to build on this. And so eventually you started to see some things just organically open up opportunities to do developments that that would really be positive for the county, for the city. And so we're sitting in meetings that are really shaping the landscape. That's powerful. And those were things that I really enjoy doing. So, you know, you talk about a need for economic development, economic empowerment, housing, stabilization of families, stabilization of communities. I mean, you can't get any better than being a part of the solution in your specific city or your specific county. So all of those things were the right reason to get involved. And so the conversation just began to develop into, maybe I can help do this. And so you formalized that conversation and eventually said, hey, okay, take the ball and run with it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And so, one of the things that you also mentioned was making sure to balance the budget and to mm-hmm. making sure that you're not overrunning. And so, what are some of the ways that you have found to be kind of helpful in your management of like all the different assets that you're you're of the different properties?
1: Well, I think you talked about it initially, and that is relationships. Okay, so you know the numbers are the numbers, correct? And so, you know, you have like today, and you know, you're looking at. Proposals for remodels, and we got to make sure that you understand what's what's going into those numbers. And but also on the other side is that you know there're lending relationships that uh, sort of drive you know how you spend money, and you've got to be prudent about that and make sure that you are mirroring what what you said you were going to do, and you try to execute according to plan. So even. My vendor relationships, you're really having conversations with them and says, hey, I'd like to have a long-term relationship with you. Here's where we are. Here's what I think we need to be. Let's have a conversation about that. I want to respect what you do as a professional, and I'm not trying to take money out of your pocket. But at the same time, here's how I think we can go forward doing things on a regular basis. Would you prefer to do that or you have this one-off situation? I can make sure that, you know, we continue to do business and everybody's happy. So I like doing win-win-win scenarios, not just win-win or one person walks away with a feeling that they did something great and the other person, not so much. So you really have to make sure there's a balance between the good business practice and being prudent about managing your budget versus doing the right thing for your vendor, for your agencies for your leases, all the people that are actually making your business uh, successful. So,
0: Yeah, it's a long-term, it's building up those long-term
1: relationships. Absolutely, absolutely. And then they also get to understand who you are as a person, as a business. And uh, so that maybe next time around, they'll know, okay, so what do you think we need to do here to make this work? And we'll have that kind of conversation. This is not an, I win and you lose the zero sum game. This is really about everyone winning. And if we can create more of those scenarios, we will have a successful business, also have successful relationships.
0: Absolutely. So, Robbie, for you, what is next for you?
1: That's a very, very good question. (laughs) I think part of this is is growth. And so we're looking to to grow. Obviously, the portfolio is growing, uh, growing the business, maybe looking at a stack of services. And how we approach things, for example, maybe moving some things in house when we become able to do so, right? And so, right now, you know, maybe it's about maybe doing a uh, construction within the the portfolio or management within the portfolio. There are different ways we can look at that. Obviously, it's a conversation that's beyond the scope of uh, you know where I sit. But at the end of the day, I think strategically, it's about growth and growing in the right way. Also, building on the relationships that we have, Um, I think we've got some amazing things coming that we're discussing right now and certainly looking to be more of a player in the landscape. And I think we're becoming more and more respected. We just had some really good uh, press. And I think I shared that widely with including people like yourself, that we're really trying to make a difference for uh, families in the Valley, in the Vegas Valley. And so whatever we're doing is going to be a little bit more of what we're doing now.
0: <laughs> and so it's great to see that you're doing impacts and, you know, reflecting that and, and making the impact in, within the communities, within the people who are helping to build a business and everything. And so how about for yourself, Robbie, how has real estate investing impacted you personally?
1: I think it's, it's amazing because it's kind of a manifestation of something that I've always wanted to do. I happen to know, I mean, I'm an investor in other things. Real estate is kind of the staple, kind of gone into some other areas. But one of the things I have a a dream about, and this is, I haven't shared this publicly, so you might be the first person that I could share this with. But, you know, we've got, I've got a family, we've got some property on an island. And one of the things I'd like to do at some point is to develop that to maybe like a boutique hotel or something to that effect. So that's kind of the dream project. down the road. I don't know when I'm thinking maybe in the next five years or so, something like that would be something I can you know focus on. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to do little boutique projects like that, and that that would be sort of the legacy that you know leave for the family. But in the meantime, build on what we have now and understanding and growing in the the role as a asset manager it really does give me so much because i'm basically on on every in every area of the business model so when we look at acquiring purchasing property you know i have to be involved you know you look at the property and you know, what what it needs to to be back on you know on track in terms of filling vacancies or getting empty units occupied and that entire process from due diligence to you know, understanding what needs to happen for things to actually be uh, to be done. And then also running a property, stabilization, you can't really take days off. (laughs) You know, properties are unique assets because they have people that that, you know, live there. And Mm so, you know, you have these concerns, you have to make sure that uh, people are getting what they need, you're meeting compliance issues, you're mitigating uh, problems that might pop up insurance everything that you basically need to make this a successful business for investors and not yeah and not to mention that there are investors uh, that are depending on you to to meet the obligations that you that you put forth in your investment summary so those are some of the things that uh, we have to pardon me yes and so those are some of the some of the things that that I think in terms of I think you asked about what's next for me personally is more growth. You know, I've been fortunate, I think, to have done some really fascinating things in my life. But uh, but this one really does. I think if we can begin to, if we can do some of the things that we have on the drawing board, we would have done something that no very, maybe no one else in the country has. I'm not at liberty to go into detail with it, but it's one of those things that you can really say, this was really special. And so beyond that, I think it's just more of really making a difference. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what it is. And so really making a difference, trying to make sure that we house people that in quality housing, that, that really make a difference in people's lives. You know, there's another side of my story that, you know, involves really helping uh, families be, become more empowered. And so there's a lot of data that suggests when you really stabilize families, you give them the opportunity to go to school to develop lifelong friendships, better health habits, all the positive things that you can talk about really relates to stabilizing people in communities with stable housing. So all of the social pieces that go along with that, if we can impact in a small way, the demographic that mostly impacted by that, we would be doing something amazing and certainly something worth talking about, tooting our horns about, you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely, no. That's really beautiful, and thank you so much for sharing all of that. I really appreciate, you know, you sharing your vision, your goals, what you're planning to do later down in, in life, and you know how you want to impact the community. I think that that's a wonderful endeavor that you guys are trying to achieve.
1: Absolutely, and just to say that both the CEO and, and CIO, Mike Ballard and Kevin Romney, have been. Amazing and and really kind of serve a little bit as as mentors, um, even though been in business for a little bit. They are really really unique people, salt of the earth type individuals, high character individuals, and so they too share the vision of building great businesses, but at the same time doing the same type of work that really helps the community. And so the synergy there is just amazing. And so I'm really thrilled to be a part of that team.
0: Thank you so much, Robbie. And so I really appreciate again, you coming onto the show and sharing everything that you shared with us today. And if our listeners wanted to find out more about you, Robbie, and what you and your team are working on and doing, where's the best place that they can go to find out more?
1: So CVG's website is uh, Group.com. That's uh, the primary website. People can actually look me up on LinkedIn personally. I also have a website called GenRise.com. This is my personal, and this is really the you know some of the work that I was involved in with helping individuals rebuild credit. It's not a fixed credit uh, workshop. It's more education around how do you get back on track with you know rebuilding your credit, maybe if you wanted to, especially if you want to rent a, an apartment or buy a house later on, um, that's a very important piece. So it's at GenRise, G-E-N-R-I-S-E.com. But primarily, you can find me at uh, the Camino Verde uh, group. And uh, that's where I spend most of my days.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much again, Robbie.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity again.
0: And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonafestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.